0: Um, Years ago, it was, I don't know, about 16, 15, 16, 17 years ago, um, Nancy suggested I snored a little too much. I don't believe her. I'd never heard it, so uh, but thought maybe it might be a good idea to uh, to go and check in with a doctor, and he recommended that I go have a sleep study done. I'm sure many of you have had those sleep studies where they put all sorts of wires all over your head and and wherever else, and then they say, "Now sleep soundly," <laughs> uh, like that's going to happen. And so I. Uh, I went into the study and um, uh, finally fell asleep. And in the middle of the night, I wake up to them coming in and putting a CPAP on my face and, and adjusting it and all and everything. And then they walk out to sleep, you know. They say, go back to sleep. Um, and I did, apparently, because uh, I woke up the next morning. And the CPAP was gone. I didn't know if I knocked it off of my face in the middle of the night or what happened, but it was gone, and, and uh, they told me to, to get dressed. They took everything off my head and all that and, and said, well, the doctor will, uh, will talk with you within a week and need to look to, at the results. And I said, well, I guess, uh, no, I said, what, what happened to that CPAP? She said, what CPAP? The one you came in and put on my face. We didn't do that. It was a dream. I, had dream. I have never had a more realistic dream at an appropriate time than that one. I, to, even to this day, I can think of that moment and think, no, you, know, you really did. I, I was there. I saw you. You came in and put it on. I, 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 but no, they didn't. It was just a dream. Dreams are kind of a funny thing. You know, In times past, and even in, in today's world, um, some people see dreams as, as premonitions or as a message or, or, or bad dinner. I, but but dreams, dreams have been interpreted as a message in the past. And so we're going to look today um, at, at one person and their dream. Uh, do you know the average person in your lifespan, you will have dreamed about six years total of your life and you don't remember most of it but joseph remembers his so let's see the story of joseph
1: 14 generations
0: between father abraham
1: and king david 14 more generations between david and the babylonian exile and 14 generations later the great king would be born A two-thousand-year lineage comprised of slaves and kings, heroes and adulterers, prophets and prostitutes. They were the faithful and the faithless. So what kind of king would this be? While many dreamed of the day this king would come, Began as a real life nightmare for one man. A good man. With God's lot cast upon him.
0: Joseph. 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 I promise you, Joseph, I am telling you the truth.
1: I'm not saying you don't believe it. I'm just saying, I don't know if I do.
0: So what are you saying?
1: she's pregnant! I haven't been with her! The
0: baby's not mine!
1: Take Mary as your wife.
0: I can't do this! I don't... I don't want to hurt her. But I... I can't. Joseph,
1: you are a descendant of David. Your ancestors have taken great steps of faith, and now it is time for you to step out. Take Mary as your wife. But the baby is... What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It is prophecy fulfilled. Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us.
0: God with us.
1: Emmanuel. Messiah. dream, a heavenly visitation, and what was distressing became a blessing. A blessing that would challenge Joseph's faith, demand every ounce of his character, and forever alter the course of his life and yours. God with us. What? Kind of king would this be?
0: You know, in the Bible, there are about a hundred stories where God um, sends a message through a dream. Not all of them have an angel appearance like that, but but God sends messages through dreams. It happened then, at least. And there are traditions still in the world today that that believe deeply in the way that dreams impact our lives and and that they are messages. The the Muslim faith is one that accepts dreaming as an important way that God speaks to people today. There's a story of a, a Christian evangelist. I tried to confirm this story. I couldn't exactly, so it may just... It may be legend, but there's a story of a Christian evangelist in Egypt who is taken from his house in the middle of the night at gunpoint and taken to another house where there's this gathering of uh, leaders of a local mosque and he assumes he's dead. But as it turns out, several of them had had dreams and had converted to the faith and wanted to learn more. Dreams are, are one way for God to enter into our lives, even when we don't know it or expect it. And maybe it was that way with Joseph. He wasn't looking for it to happen, a message from God. And so the prophet Isaiah once wrote this, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me, speaking the words of God. I wasn't asked for, wasn't looking for God in that circumstance of his life, was he? Maybe he was looking at it as something completely opposite of God and righteousness. But certainly in this dream, it was was Joseph's call to be faithful. It was a call to protect not only Mary, who he would take as his wife, but also the unborn son, who would be the Christ child. And in each of the angelic accounts, the angel begins with the message, do not be afraid. And we saw in those other videos as well how they were afraid over the past few weeks. Emotions would have been running high for Joseph. Emotions would have been running high for Mary as well. But for Joseph, it might have been emotions of anger and sadness and rejection and disappointment and uncertainty and a host of, of uh, other emotions that were going through his mind at the time. When he hears those words from Matthew uh, chapter, 18, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, unless there was a dream. As I mentioned last week, um, betrothal or engagement in, in the, the Hebrew culture at that day was as good as marriage. There was just a preparation time, a, a get to know you time, a, a time be, that was becoming familiar with, with each other to be, to be comfortable in the marriage. Not that, not that an engagement would end up ending, but just that, that there was a time spent before the wedding. And due to the customs of the day, there there was that waiting period and this faithfulness when Joseph found out that Mary was with child. Joseph's desire to keep Mary from public disgrace shows his bent toward being a protector. While a loud public divorce certainly was within Joseph's rights, The law also allowed for a private divorce, a quiet divorce. Because of the description of Joseph from from that scripture as a man who was faithful to the law, he did not want to shame Mary any more than she already felt shame as the baby bump began to grow. And with the eventual advent of her child, a constant reminder of what she did would be on the faces of all the people that she passed by in the community. Joseph wanted to protect Mary as much as possible with this quiet divorce. However, his own protection was at play in this decision as well. He had gone ahead and taken Mary, had he gone ahead and taken Mary as his wife, it would have been as if to say, Yeah, it's mine. We jumped the gun, which would not have been a good thing. Thus, a divorce would protect his righteousness as a follower of the law and his reputation in the community and still allow some compassion on his part. And with his mind made up, he goes to bed. And we read this. God with us. Perhaps God communicated via the angel to Joseph in this divine dream because it was the only way to change his mind, to go to such an extreme. Joseph thought he could. He had so much to lose except for if he went through divorce. And he soon came to experience and to realize how much he had to gain from trusting God. And how much God had entrusted to him. God so loved the world that he was about to give his son into the protective custody of a carpenter. What a responsibility. And the naming of this child goes beyond belief. The names, the two names that are referred to in that scripture, are, are understood to be uh, names that come to the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Those two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. We've covered this before, but 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 Jesus or Joshua, Yeshua. In the Hebrew it was Yeshua. When we read it in the Old Testament, we translated Joshua. You know the song Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came? That's the name. Joshua is a name that means God saves. But it's really Yeshua and when Yeshua gets translated from Hebrew to Greek and then to Latin and then to English comes out Jesus. His name was Yeshua or Joshua. But it means God saves. And the second name given to him was the name Emmanuel, God with us. While Jesus or Yeshua would have been a popular day name for boys in that day, No parent in the right mind would have called their child Emmanuel. That was assumed to be the understanding of the presence of God with the Savior. And to say Emmanuel was to give a child a little bit more responsibility than they deserved. Maybe a little bit too much recognition. For emphasis and echoing back to the promise of Emmanuel, Matthew ends his gospel this this story i just read is from matthew 1 but all the way at the end of the gospel in matthew 28 verse 20 this is how jesus promises to continue as emmanuel he says and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age his last words on earth the promise that he is always present These are the types of deep-rooted character traits that the the Hebrew people were looking for in the Messiah, a God who would save and a God who would never abandon them, the two names that Jesus and Emmanuel express as the whole meaning of the story. God is present with his people. God doesn't observe from a distance, but rather is involved, active in our lives, is there a situation in your life today, this Christmas season, that desperately needs God's intervention and God's activity? Perhaps you're desperate, you have a desperate need for healing or a desperate need for provision or a, a desperate need for, for forgiveness. God knows where you are and knows your circumstances. He wants you to call on his name and keep asking him for, to show up and to show off. In your life? Will you be ready for Him to break in and, and break through your situation? The chances are good that when He does, He'll ask you to do something that you may not have thought you would be doing on your own. Isn't that the example with Mary and Joseph, Zechariah before them? God's actions are aimed at saving people from a helpless situation that does, demands that He take the initiative. God always takes the the initiative. It, It never has been about intestinal fortitude or religious determination of we humans. It's always about humans receiving the good gifts of salvation and provision from the Father in heaven. That's why Isaiah also said, as in his prophecy, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Joseph was given this call of Christmas through a dream, and the angel conveyed he was to be given a son to raise and a wife to take as his own. He was to be given the responsibility to protect them and provide for them. And Joseph was to call the baby's name Jesus, and he would be Emmanuel, the presence of God. What a dream. What a call. What happens next? When Joseph woke up, it says in verse 24, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and she gave him the name Jesus. What came next was Joseph's immediate obedience. The dream of the Lord to Joseph was, was no less than, than the vision that Mary had of the angel. Mary's response, Mary's response is very clear. As she says, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary spoke the words. Joseph just got busy doing it. No less a commitment. You know, he could have said it's only a dream. But God communicated to him in a way that gave him courage for his faith. A call to protect this woman and child that would change the world. And he didn't forget the dream when he woke up. For him, it was unforgettable. Twice more, uh, Joseph will experience a dream of angels coming to him and giving him a story or a warning in those cases the, the the first one will be sometime between Jesus' birth and two years old, when the Magi, we always put them as if they showed up on the same day, the, the three wise men, we don't know when they showed up, but it was within about two years, and when they showed up, Joseph has a dream that he needs to escape after they leave. He needs to escape with Mary and Jesus to Egypt. They become refugees in Egypt for a period of time while Herod the king searches for the child that would eventually replace him in importance Later, he receives a dream that it is time to return, but not to return to Bethlehem, his hometown, but rather to return to Mary's hometown of Nazareth because of whose ruling still over Bethlehem. The pattern of Joseph heeding the call to protect his family followed immediately with his obedience. It's worth noting and practicing in our own lives. What's God calling you to do This Christmas season? Is there a habit that needs to be stopped? Is there an addiction that needs to be admitted? Is there a relationship that needs to be cultivated? Is there a forgiveness that needs to be asked for? When we hear the call of God on our lives, may we respond immediate obedience. Joseph did, and it it impacted the way that Jesus' life was shaped in relationship to his earthly father and his father above. Joseph would find find his niche in Nazareth as the village builder and, and repairman. And not only did Jesus follow in his father's footsteps to become a carpenter, but also we see Jesus deliberately adopting the name Father for God. It's not a stretch to suggest that Jesus viewed his earthly father, Joseph, with such enormous respect that he was willing and able and comfortable with calling God his father. He called them both Abba. That was the Aramaic name for dad. What an incredible challenge to fathers and grandfathers everywhere. How you live your life, approach your work, engage in worship, pray your prayers, and connect with your family has a monumental impact and imprint and influence on your children. The way your children view God has been impacted and will be impacted by the way you live your life. A call to protect goes beyond safety, security, and provision for your family. It goes to the depths of helping give an accurate view of what a healthy and authentic relationship with God looks like. May we all demonstrate a life lived in such a way that we honor God, the God who saved us, the God who is Yeshua, the God who saves, and Emmanuel, the God who's always present, never abandoning us. Amen and amen.